WebmasterRadio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate internet marketer's knowledge base. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Absolutely free and now available for iPhone and Android users. Listen to our live broadcast at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows past and present like SEO 101, Affiliate Buds, The Shoe Money Show, The Daily Searchcast, and so much more. Download it from the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store today. Coming to you live from the Search Marketing Expo in Munich, Germany. Welcome to the Webmasters on the Roof All-Star Panel. Now, please welcome your host and moderator for this Webmasters on the Roof All-Star Panel, Marcus Tandler, the Media Donis. Thank you very much for all being here today. Ich glaube, ich fange ganz kurz mit Deutsch an. Erstmal ist es auch cool, dass ihr alle da seid heute zu Webmasters on the Roof. Äh, ein herzliches Hallo an alle da draußen, die uns gerade zuhören über Webmaster Radio, auch euch. Äh, ein herzliches Hallo hier von der SMX München, direkt live vom Conference Floor. Also wie gesagt, das ist ja ein bisschen ein komisches Format, vielleicht kommt euch das ein bisschen komisch vor, aber wie gesagt, wir streamen gerade live auf Webmaster Radio, also es hören quasi auch noch eine Menge Leute über Webmaster Radio zu und außerdem streamen wir heute, dank dem Michael Pretorius, auch noch live ins Internet über Google Hangout, kann man quasi auf YouTube live mitverfolgen, was wir jetzt in den nächsten zwei Stunden hier so reden. Und das freut mich wirklich ganz besonders. Es ist das, äh, ich glaube, mittlerweile das siebte Jahr, in der wir Webmasters on the Roof machen. Und wir machen das nur noch einmal im Jahr, ja immer hier auf der SNX München. Und es freut uns wirklich unglaublich, äh, dass es heute wieder geklappt hat. Und ich hoffe auch, dass ich mich heute diesmal nicht übergeben werde, äh, der, der letztes Jahr dabei war. Ich musste mich ja letztes Jahr viermal während der Show übergeben. Das war ein bisschen doof. Ähm, und ja, nee, ich meine, ihr lacht, also für mich selber war das auch schon beschissen, ja, weil ich meine, für mich selber ist es ja auch schon cool, mit, mit, mit tollen Leuten über SEO zu quatschen, ja, und wenn man dann die ganze Zeit aufstehen muss und, äh, und hochrennen muss, um dementsprechend sich zu übergeben, dann macht das keinen Spaß, ähm, aber wie gesagt, äh, richtig cool, ganz kurz äh, danken will ich noch natürlich äh, dem äh, Jan Ippen, der hinten wieder die Technik schmeißt und natürlich äh, Brasco over at Webmaster Radio äh, for making all this happen, ähm, so, without further ado, I want to um, uh, introduce you to my guest tonight, um, and I'm going to start with uh, one very special person. There's a lot of people who call themselves guru in the internet, and especially in the SEO sphere. I, I think, uh, how many SEO gurus do you know? There's probably 100, 200, 300, but, but there's really only one guy who I consider a guru, and I'm very honored to have him the first time on the show uh, after seven years of Webmaster Radio, uh, Webmasters on the Roof. Um, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Denny Sullivan. Next up, we got an incredible smart guy from a company called Seer Interactive, uh, living in Philly, and he says his, himself that his dog is better than your dog. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Will Reynolds. Thank you. 
This guy here is a true magician with freaking Excel. Um, if you have seen his session, or if you have seen any other session of him before, um, it's just incredible what he can do with, uh, with Excel. They get some incredible tools up on their website. They actually just opened up a new office in the US with the very talented Laura Lippe. Um, I'm really honored to have him on board right now. Richard Baxter from SEO Gadget. I know to talk to very special people from uh, the brother and sisterhood of SE Oktoberfest. Um, he's the, what's your, what's your title again? Inbound marketing director. <laughs> the inbound <laughs> marketing director um, of Expedia. He worked for a lot of big brands. He is a reformed whitehead now, you know. So what, what do you say, reformed whitehead or reformed, reformed blackhead? Black hat. Reformed, reformed blackhead. Black hat. Okay, so he's a reformed blackhead. Um, sorry for misuse of that word. Uh, <laughs> he's still got black hair though. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Marty McDonald. And this is a guy like very much, uh, although he might not have liked me for the seven years he worked at Google when he was uh, responsible for fighting web spam and uh, click fraud uh, in, her, in the Google Dublin office. Um, he worked there for seven years uh, now, for one year now, he has his own company called Net Concepts. Uh, I'm working for NetLead. NetLead, okay, sorry. The company NetLead with actually Evert Verhoeven, um, you might know, a uh, very cool guy. Uh, they do some incredible stuff. He definitely knows his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Philly Wiese. Okay, um, let's start it off. Um, anybody up for a bread bowl? Actually, normally we drink beer, but... Um, it's, it's just an incredibly bad idea to do the show for two hours with Martin McDonald's having beer. So we thought we're going to do it with some, with some Red Bulls to get everybody working again um, here. Um, who in here is, uh, is feeling a little sleepy? Oh, okay, nice. Okay, let me, let me, uh, let me give oh. out some of those, uh, get you guys pumped up. Um, and maybe we can uh, start in with the discussion of... Um, maybe everybody of you can tell me like, one thing you have learned today. If you have been to the sessions, has anybody learned something just, today? Just, just a side note: Is this safe to drink? This is actually safe to drink. Yeah. It's uh, actually liquid SEO, yeah, liquid SEO, um, and it's uh, plus four SEO skills, uh, plus three charisma, and uh, minus one uh, tiredness. Oh, what do you say? Okay, who won one? Who won one? Nice. Okay, sure. Okay, who learned something today? Didn't you guys learn okay. something? You don't go to the sessions anymore. Nobody cares about that. I, it's, it's, I, I've, so, I haven't had the opportunity to attend many of the sessions, so therefore I haven't been able to learn anything in the sessions as such, but that is absolutely not, oh, no, a, a, you know, a, a terribly bad thing that is, is awful on the basis that so much of what you learn at these events are from, you know, dealing with your peers out in the hallways, over lunch, meeting them during the breaks, things like that. So, you know, kind of those places are often where you get the best tips from anyway. So I haven't, I've got to apologize to the other speakers, <laughs> but there's a lot of other value add at events like this. I've learned that I need to learn German for next year. <laughs> Dude, I can um, teach you some good stuff. You want the good I stuff? I know, man. But I, I also learned, I'd, I'd, well, I kind of, I'd like to know what this guy's doing behind the scenes at Expedia. I, like, he was talking about his tools, his platform, and all that stuff they've got going on back there. And I, I'd, I'd love a tour of that, if that's okay. More screenshots next time. So we have the internet, so we can pull anything Bring up. Bring it up. You know, if you want yeah. to show something, you know, just feel free to <laughs> sure. throw it up on the screen. I'm actually still looking for the URL because the people that are actually listening right now on Webmaster Ready, we promised the loot YouTube live stream. Do we have the link already? 
You retweeted it? Perfect. So now it, I just have to retweet it. Can anybody in here that has a Twitter account just retweet it so people come into the YouTube screen? Screen. Screen. So what I found incredible today was uh, Julius uh, Vandalar uh, keynote. Was there any of you guys in there? No. Oh, wow. This was just fantastic. Seriously, this was just really one of the best keynotes I ever heard, actually. Um, it was just fantastic content, but, you know, because it's... It's really something where you normally don't uh, don't hear anything about it. Um, so this was definitely my uh, session of the day. Um, but well, if you don't, uh, if you guys didn't learn anything, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Well, we got so many topics. Seriously, I don't even know where to start. Um, by Wait, the way, if any of you guys I, have any questions, I, just throw them in. Just uh, I, uh, scream I, I out. I learned something, but I need to have it explained more to me because I was struggling with this whole concept of uh, was it angebach, angebacht, angebacht, angebacht um, links. It's no word. No, no, no. Aufgebacht, aufgebacht, aufgebaut. Yeah, built, aufgebaut. built links. Right. links. So I was uh, talking with Marcus about this because I was struggling with it. First of all, I was struggling with German period. But then I was like going, Aufgebacht, is that like bot links? No. You know, and the Google Translate is like, no, it's constructed links. I'm like, what the hell is a constructed link? So, and, and so Marcus was explaining a bit to me that no, 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 there's all this weird link building that goes on in Germany and we, we've we, we actually have to have this whole weird word to go for it. So I'm trying to understand and get my head more around what that is. So now, <laughs> first, we have to understand what you were actually talking about. I thought, because we're actually talking about Marcus Tober here from Search Metrics, incredible mm -hmm. tool. If you don't use it, you should use it. Um, Marcus Tober, what, what, what did you say? What did you tell him in German? Let me do like this. It looks like we're kissing, but we're not. Please don't do any pictures. He was asking why we call it aufgebaut, because in, in, in the U.S. they usually have only natural links, and we here in Germany, we build a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody says aufgebaut links, and that just means built links. But as opposed to what other kind of links? Uh, so, oh, so links that you don't build? Oh, what? yeah. Oh, what, what you're trying so, to say is that here in Germany you've got like a third kind of link because we've got natural links and bot links, but what you're saying is you build links? If you yes. would be hungover oh, all the time when you were in Munich, you would see our third generation of links here. Yes. <laughs> so are they bot so links? Are they the bot links and the natural links? <laughs> we're talking what? about link building here. Link I, I know. Building, building links, <laughs> aufgebaut ah, links. Oh, man. <laughs> this link is not going well. Link this is work. Link construction. Link construct. Oh, Who I says that ever? I'm Dude, what did you start? <laughs> Seriously. Link acquisition. Well, you can leave it off. I'm still struggling with this concept because I, I'm. Yeah. So that that was a new thing to me. And that's but, what I'm <laughs> but you know, it always happens in Germany. You know, in Germany, it's always like when we even when we say something nice. If I say, you know, I love you to my. By the way, to my uh, beautiful pregnant uh, fiance. If anybody has seen her, ninth months pregnant, sitting on the register. Uh, <laughs> A kind of new project we're working on. Actually, we have really <laughs> a lot of problem hiring good people. So I thought, Becky, we got to start building them, right? To stay in the So six more weeks to go, and then he will start learning SEO. I'm really, I can't. Aufgebaute Kinder. Aufgebaute Kinder. Yeah, but even if I say something very nice to her, you know, even say I love you, it still sounds like I would be screaming at her. Ich liebe dich. You know, it's always German sounds very harsh and unfair, but whatever. <laughs> you're, you're, you're from the Netherlands, you know, you can, you can relate. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, 
I think let's I think let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the latest updates because I, uh, Webmasters on the Roof is always about everything that happened, uh, everything that moves SEOs um, that are saving in the SEO field. And I think there's a lot of updates. Actually, Marcus showed us today how many updates they've been even uh, doing recently, especially related to the to the years before. And I think the big 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 uh, giant elephant in the room is the penguin update right i mean this is probably the one where it was really targeted towards seo especially towards seo that don't do a good job that that you know trying to take the shortcut uh, that try to take the uh, the high road um so so what do you think? Matt Cutts just announced actually there's going to be a new Penguin update coming soon and it's going to be bigger, impacting more searches. What, what, what do you think about the whole iteration thing of the Penguin update? What do you expect in the future? Ooh, <laughs> Matt Cutts has said there's going to be a huge algorithm update. Dude, Everyone's it's a big going to go bankrupt. No, but, so, I, and I, so I didn't see what Marcus was saying earlier, but it wouldn't make any difference because it was in German. I saw like the last five minutes of it. Um, but... There is there is this thing that's been bothering me for a long time about Panda and Penguin and you know Penguin 2.3 and all the rest of this bullshit. Um, is that yes, we have a lot more named algorithm updates now because they've got names and they've got numbers after them. However, for the previous like five years before that, I could probably reel off seven or eight updates that were named on Webmaster World. Right, but that's it. It's only since Google have started naming them that we've started going on about, oh my God, the acceleration is definitely so much faster now than it was. Now, to be fair, if you go back to like a decade ago when you had the monthly Google dance, yeah, fair enough. When, you know, but was... Florida? <laughs> who, who hasn't been butt-fucked, sorry, in Florida, <laughs> with Florida? I, I was, I was no. really worried about swearing a second ago, and you've just opened it up for the rest yeah, of the time. People know us. It's cool. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's really explicit. I, I, I hate it myself. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I, I don't want to dominate, but... I, you know, the thing is that why should they... I mean, why do they even bother announcing the ones that they announce or confirm? There's a few hundred extra algorithm updates happening that we don't know about. The interesting thing now is in the industry is there are more people actually tracking flux in... in search engine rankings. You've got Marcus search metrics, you've got the SEO Moz guys doing Mozcast. I bet that pisses Matt Cutts right off. I, because the thing is, you've got people in Google who are, who are genuinely, I think, trying to help the webmasters out, right? They're genuinely trying their best to say, listen, guys, this is coming. These are the rules. This is how you've got to optimize your sites. This is, these are the kinds of links that you should not be building. And then, um, you know, you can imagine the internal struggle, trying to get PR to sign that off, to say, yeah, it's okay for you to talk to webmasters like this. And then the industry comes along and they says, well, they're lying and they're wrong and we should ignore that. And we're, I, I can't help but feel we're, we're kind of spoiling our own party by making it harder for them to tell us what to do sometimes, you know. So I think we need to be careful with that. Yeah, and it's definitely a PR strategy, right? Especially announcing that, having people like Interflora we might want to cover a little bit later. Yeah. Um, stuff like this. this is a very effective PR agency because they really, well, they, they make clients and people aware of the fact that if you engage in spammy right. linking practices or even buying links, you know, you might lose Google mm. love and nobody wants that, right? Until the, just one more. I've got, the tool data is really useful for sure. And so is the SERP fluctuation tracking and all that kind of thing. I can't help but feel sometimes that the Google guys are made to look stupid because they're trying to help us out. And I, I actually feel bad for them sometimes, even though they're making our jobs harder, which I don't feel bad for them about. But anyway. Well, well they're, they're giving us work, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're giving they're the right our jobs people harder. work. They're expanding yeah. this industry that didn't exist 12 they're, years they're, ago. They're definitely giving the right people work, for sure. Yeah. And the bad yeah. guys are disappearing, which is awesome. I mean, fine. 
no problem with that at all. Well, I think, you know, the way I've always looked at algorithmic updates, especially the recent ones, is um, if you're not doing things that you're worried about getting caught for, then why do you care that there's a new penguin or a new panda? Like, really think about that, right? So, like, I don't give a shit about Penguin Panda 2 point whatever, because I'm not doing something. Like, even when comment spam worked, how many of you actually thought that was always going to be the way to succeed on the Internet, right? Like, when directory links worked great, was the best rankings on Google going to come down to who had the best list of shitty directories? Oh, my list of shitty directories is better than Danny's list of shitty directories. So I got number one, and he's got number two. I have a pretty shitty list directory. Oh, we all do. <laughs> Dust it off, you know. Hey, bring it back. But so for me, um, you know, I just don't get that concerned about the updates because the the who in here has ever done something to market your business that wasn't built for SEO that ended up getting you penalized? Yeah. Right. So if you were actually doing real marketing of your business, you're not like, oh, my God, you know, we, we had a Red Cross event at our office and we have a link from the Red Cross. Oh, my God, I hope it doesn't get me hit by Panda. Right. So if you're doing things I've always said are things that the real companies have always done, it's just that Google's finally rewarding that. So our tricks just no longer work as well as they used to. So I think if you're focusing on that, you don't have to spend hours looking at updates that really we don't understand. I mean, there's so much so many other things at play that we'll think we figured something out. And you know, unless you work for Google, uh, you know, you probably or used to, um, I guess that you see people make a lot of assumptions about things like, oh, this was this. And then back in the day, you're probably like, mm -mm, not that. <laughs> you want to answer, right? I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there for a potential yeah. answer. Um, yeah, it is a PR thing in a way. Uh, I, Google has always said from basically from the beginning, Danny might be able to confirm this because he's been around and following Google as one of the guys, like longest guys in a way of like in history. But Google's always said, Matt has also always said like focus on long term, focus on building a site naturally, you know, like think about your users, your audience and all that kind of stuff. And basically if you've been doing that long term, you don't care about Panda or Pingwing or all that kind of stuff. And in a way for a long time Actually, Google has always, almost always said, like, okay, don't buy link, don't do link, uh, like, uh, uh, link networks and all that kind of stuff. Of course, it worked. That's why people were doing it. Recently, the big update is they don't always work anymore. I'm just kind of curious how many, many people in the audience were actually hit by any of the Penguin updates, if you want to fess up. So most of you weren't. How many of you were hit by a Panda update? Oh, do you aren't the hands so. go up really low for they this. do, but here's yeah. the, here's the, the thing. not facing that way, guys. It, it, when we talk about well, Google's doing this and they're getting us all going or whatever, the vast and I mean the vast majority of web publishers were not hit by Panda, were not hit by Penguin, don't even care that there's an update going on. They're just going out there, building their websites, doing their content. So when we talk about like what's Google doing and, and how they're getting worried. No, they're not really sweating that the whole world thinks uh, now it's Penguin 2.3 is what's going to happen with it. They're not even aiming that. What Google's really doing for PR is that whole how search works things because they're <laughs> aiming that towards people who don't really and, – and even that's a minor type of thing. But the updates have kind of gotten out of control both on in the SEO space and a little bit on the PR sense in that when we got the Panda update, 
you're, I can't remember who said it now, but it was right that we, we have had these updates always going along for a very long time where Google will tweak something here, tweak something there. They didn't apply a name to it unless they felt like there was a value to it. Hey, we have a caffeine update now because it's really important that we want you to know we're super fresh because some people were saying we weren't so fresh, therefore we need to tell you how fresh we are. So all of a sudden we'll open up the kimono a bit and tell you about it. When Panda came out, Google was under intense fire that they were allowing all these content farms with how do you breathe, how do you drink water content to rank well, right? <laughs> these are actual searches that people do. How do you breathe is a top search that people are doing. So somebody's out there writing an article explaining to you how you breathe. And I guess you want to take deep breaths. So in 2011, they reacted by saying, look, we know you're all upset about this content farm stuff. So we have a whole Panda update, and it's great. Actually, they didn't give it a name, but they ended up having to do it because that was their internal name, and then it was really complicated. But they did do a big, big deal and say, look, we're Google, we're great, we took care of all this stuff. And then when they did the second update, they wanted to tell you again about it because they made some other improvements. And the third time, there was yet more improvements that they made. And then probably at that point, they really didn't want to talk about it anymore, but they kind of got into this loop that's taken them all the way through 24 updates to kind of say, all right, we're not going to really talk about that anymore. And, and I think that we're going to see them stop talking about when they do future updates unless they have a really strong <laughs> PR value in doing it. They're making a big deal about Penguin because, you know, I totally agree. Matt, in particular, really wants to go after the paid link people and send the fear of God into them. You shall not buy paid links, and that's why we're going to have Penguin to peck you to death. But I don't know that we'll be hearing much about is an EMD update or one of the many updates that they probably have already rolled out to go after some particular thing that they're just never going to put a name to. And that is responsible for those little fluxes that we see that hit a smaller group of people. So you know, it's, a, it's a mixture, but I, I think it's important that when we talk about this that it's really easy to get fixated and assume that it's hitting everybody. And, you know, Penguin, from my perspective, if you looked at the comments on some blogs, it wiped out every small business in the world. And I looked at it and I thought, if Google rolled out Penguin to wipe out every small business in the world, I don't know how they survived Florida in 2003. Because what I heard in 2003 was Google launched Florida and wiped out all the small businesses in the world. So apparently they regrew and repopulated the earth just so that we could wipe them out down the line. <laughs> so, Is that what you guys have been doing? Uh, yeah. Seriously, repopulating the earth? Apparently. Jesus. Yes. Of course. <laughs> no, but just with, imagine. With new, yeah. with new AdWords resistant mm. sites. <laughs> No. Yeah. I just I, imagine really asking in 2003, you know, who's been affected by the Florida update and everybody was, would be oh, going yeah. like this. Seriously, it was like, wow, everybody we're talking to, yeah. Uh, it, and yeah. it did, and it, it did actually hit widespread business, not just people who were spamming, but yeah. it was such a big, because they changed the whole search engine, not just the little part of it. So, and now we have, uh, I think the biggest case, uh, you know, they always have like one case, you know, they have to hang from the highest tree, you know, don't do it like this guy. And I think it was Interflora. I think everybody got that, uh, especially just in front of Mother's Day, I think it was, it was, it was between two mm -hmm. holidays. It was just after Valentine's Day uh, just after and Valentine's just Day. before Mother's Day. Yeah, and they were ranking for flowers, flower yeah. delivery, roses, whatever, yeah. like for everything. Valentine's. And they just vanished. But, but they needed only, like, how, how long did they 11 need? days. 11 time. days, yeah. Wow, that's almost like BMW, yeah. Um, 
but but how do you but because you know I, I actually had a lot of people asking me you know hey Marcus you know and we do like an interview on the Inaflora case uh, do you want to give some words and I was said you know I I don't know what's there to say I really don't and always want to chime into the this PR strategy because I think it's it's always pretty 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 obvious what they've been doing wrong right because seriously if you can if you can use a tool like search metrics by Ahrefs you just see that right away right, right. Uh, and. Um, and it's always a little bit like I don't I'm, I don't like to be the guy we you know who's throwing the first stone here, right? Because most of the times you you started doing something when you didn't even know it was wrong, right? And uh, and and this is the thing, right? But but how do you guys see this? This uh, you know having somebody really publicly getting exposed and really um, well getting hammered from the highest tree. Uh, Martin, you're laughing, so I'm, <laughs> I want to hear what you're going to say. Well, <clears throat> I'm I'm only laughing because it's. Um, I don't really see any way for Google to do this other than to pick on a couple of high-profile examples like JCPenney, like BMW, like Interflora, and annihilate them and send that message. I mean, it's you know, it's a tough and a bit of pill to take. But <clears throat> my issue is, um, and I was contacted by a ton of like local florists and stuff after that happened in the UK, and um, and they were all saying like, you know, this is this is great for us because we've not been able to rank against these guys for the last six or seven. years years that have been doing it. We've always known that they were doing spammy stuff. We've, we've never really understood ourselves what they were doing, but we just know that there's no way that them as a company should be ranking number one for all of these terms. And they were doing so by manipulative anchor text and link buys and so on and so forth. And the numbers were very clear, which are coming up there. Um, unless Google are going to make an example of people, the rest of the web isn't going to learn. So I'm very sorry, but if you're looking at you know, whether or not that's a good model, I'm afraid it kind of has to be, but that's not Google's fault. That's just human nature. And so, so Martin, I mean, does that, does that look like they learned? I mean, they've, there's, there's, there's some history here. Yeah. I mean, this is the footprint of a site that's been affected by an algorithmic update more than once. Yep. And obviously that they were let back for their brand terms, but not all of the generic so, yeah, commercial so they're, keywords, right? They're like 12th, 13th for flowers, they're 8th for flower delivery, that kind of stuff. Uh, but they're still like flowers, florist, florist, flower delivery UK. It's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Everything before, you could yeah. go through the first four pages of that and everything was one, yeah. one, one. So one, now one, there's one, a devaluation one. of some of those links or they've been discounted or they're still acting negatively on the domain. Mm. 11 days, I mean... The thing is, if Google, if Google are trying to send a message to brands that behave like this, if they know what they're doing, that looks like you know they've had an SEO history. They you know they've been through the process of reinclusion potentially in the past, so they know what they were doing. Then eleven days doesn't really tell webmasters not to do this. It says I'm a be all right. I can do whatever I want. Right. No. So you're saying that it should have been a bigger penalty, and they should have been removed for what ninety days forever. Wait, what, what bigger penalty would you suggest? Sending you there and beating them up? or? No, I'm, not, I'm not the one suggesting the penalty, it's him. No, no, because no, 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 no. Don't put words in my mouth. I'm not saying that they should have been banned or like penalized for longer or at all or whatever. I'm just saying that like, does the idea of not ranking for uh, your keywords for 11 days, knowing that you'll probably get back in at the end of that, particularly scare anyone in this room? I mean, if you've got your marketing yeah. sorted out, you've got referrals from social, you've got... Um, like I don't know, you've got like a whole bunch of stuff coming in from paid search, whatever. I mean, I don't think this would scare many people if they know they're going to get back in and if they know, yeah, if they can recover it. I mean, it's just... I think, I think we were all very surprised when they came back for the generic terms, though, right? Yeah. Uh, 11 days for your brand, 
I think that's fine because Google is still serving worse results when your brand isn't there and a branded search. Probably, yeah. The, the other terms, like flowers Oh, they forced. totally were, because it was all the discount codes websites were suddenly having a party, weren't they? I mean, like... Oh, like, wow. Well, was, wow, just imagine having a yeah, voucher right, code for Christmas! Mark's got excited. Nice. Yeah. So I think, but that's, that's part of your answer, though. That's why they have to come back, because you're searching for flowers you expect to find in a flora. That's it. They, you just expect to find them, and them going overboard like that, and... <laughs> That's the trouble with these things. You, you'd say that's sending a message. That's not sending a message. That's like, like, yeah, I guess we better do something. Everybody's noticed it. JC Penny was supposed to leave the message. You go back, Google and Google banned Google Japan. That's a message, right? I mean, it, it's the same old story over and over again. So occasionally some really big retailers and big mainstream thing get woken up and they get a little slap in the face and they fire whatever SEO firm that they hired that they can blame it on and and it just the game continues but i think the real lesson isn't this the real lesson is penguin that wipes out the smaller sites that aren't getting back in mm-hmm. i mean they're they're nuked they are not going to get back in they're not going to recover they're not going to re- regain their visibility they might as well walk away from the domain names after penguin hit i was i keep joking that i I could tell when Google was apparently doing a good job hitting the spammers because then I start seeing all the referrals over to Search Engine Land coming from Black Hat Warrior Forum, Fiverr.com, what, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever it is, people start coming out. And, and it was really, to me, it, and they, they would come out and you realize their idea of SEO, everything that they had ever learned about SEO mm-hmm. was buy a domain buy some spinning software, scrape content off of a site, then use a service like Fiverr and get 100,000 links. And they honestly thought that was SEO. And it was like someone lit a nuclear bomb off on them. And they've come wandering over to our site and they're going, I don't know what the hell happened. And it's like, what the hell happened was you weren't doing SEO. You were just spamming. Yeah. And, and you're not going to come back with those tactics. And, and they will be gone. But these other people that are big... Yeah, they slap on the hand and, you know, they're, okay, too big, too, they're too big to be failed by Google. And, and you did a very, sorry, you did a very, you said a very smart sentence uh, in your presentation today that you got to be the one result that Google can't live without. Mm. You said something similar to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is, I think, the most important part because in a flora, basically, not ranking for anything, but you still have a lot of brand searches. You still have a lot of people looking for in the flora. And I'm just a normal user, you know, just like my mom uses Google. It's just horrible watching her. But, um, you know, but this is, this is the thing. You know, she's typing in in a flora, not finding the brand. And this is like, this is a bad user experience, mm. you know, from Google now because I, mm. I don't get in a flora. Hey, I want in a flora. What's their website, right? And, um, and that's the thing, you know, that they basically, they, Google can't live without them because people, so many people ask for that specific result. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Danny hits one, a really good point. Um, SEO is what somebody taught you it is. So when I first started doing SEO in 99, I cloaked. I did white text, white background. I did that because I just was out of college. Somebody told me that's what SEO was. So I think the danger is when we train people in our companies to do low-quality tactics, then that's what they believe SEO was. And I'm going to tell you guys something that's so sad. Um, one of our employees, uh, uh, this guy by the name of Ethan, hopefully he won't mind me sharing, um, he worked at a company before he worked at Sear that, um, and many of you probably have followed Ethan or whatever. The guy's a genius. 
He is amazing, right? This guy is amazing. He worked at a company where his job was just to send out a lot of spam emails and try to get one or two links a day, right? He hated it so much that he thought he didn't want to do SEO. <laughs> so if anybody here knows Ethan, you know that guy's a beast. He's amazing. But the problem is, is that his first exposure to SEO was so low quality that he almost thought that he didn't want to do SEO. So one of the smartest SEOs I've ever worked with almost went into a different industry because of his first exposure to SEO was doing something he didn't feel proud about. And I think as an industry, we've got to be careful with what we have people doing because then they go, well, that's not, I didn't go to college to learn how to send out 150 spam emails a day. Like that's not fun. And then they go, well, I guess SEO is not for me. And some of those people are really talented and they won't stay in our industry because they see it as a low quality thing to do. Actually, the first thing I got taught about uh, that was uh, my my good old dark lord, uh, Suchknecht, uh, some people of you in here know, um, and I was a Padawan back in the days. He told me the first thing you got to know about SEO, you just have to throw enough shit at Google, something will stick, you know? So <laughs> that was the first lesson I learned, but, but um, I totally get that um, because uh, you, you raise a very good point. When we actually recruit, when we're looking for link builders, uh, we always ask two questions, right? Uh, the first one, uh, what do you think is a good link? And the other one is uh, give me three links you're, you're really proud of, you know, three links you built that you're really proud of. And it's just shocking. It's just shocking to, to what, you, what you end up seeing sometimes, you know. It's like really as exactly as you said, you know, the, we have people working for an SEO agency or the SEO agency um, for three years and they come in there and, they, and they're like, they have a totally different image of what SEO is and you like – you're not really doing SEO. You have, this is really, this is amazing. And you have that in Germany just a, a lot. And I, I guess in America just as well. Yeah. Um, it is really, and this actually brings me to a good article you wrote one week ago, right? Yeah, a week was, ago today, funnily enough. Yeah, because he said, <laughs> I quit SEO. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Now that he's the, what is again, director? In I, was, I was SEO strategy yeah. director. My boss said, hey, why don't we call you inbound marketing director? So it wasn't my choice, but I have no problem with it. And the reason I have no problem with it was the basis of that article I put out last week saying, hey, I quit SEO. And the reason for that, uh, you know, assuming that most people haven't read it, was I walked into a meeting the week before with a division of a very, very, very well-known multi-billion-dollar U.S. company, um, and quite a major division, a couple hundred staff. Um, they're expected to turn over in the hundreds of millions through online retail. And um, I sat down with three product managers, and we're discussing their SEO. I've asked them, "Who is it that handles your SEO?" And the response was, "Well, we do." But, you know, we've already stuffed the keywords in the right tags, you call them, isn't it? And, you know, that's it, isn't it? Like, no, no, it's, it, no, it, it's not it. But the thing is, you go into these big companies and you speak to them and you say SEO and their eyes glaze over. You know, to pull them back out of it, I had to tell them that I worked in casino spam for seven years. And at that point, all of a sudden they got interested that, and I think, well, hey, there's probably something this guy can do, so let's, let's hear him out. And it ended up being like a six-hour meeting, and now we're going to go through all of the actual stuff. But, you know, when, when you're walking into these multi-billion-dollar enterprises and you bring SEO up, and it's just so far off the radar, because of these PR issues, because we have basically made dicks out of ourselves for the last – and I'm, I'm – probably more to blame than most people in this room for it. <laughs> you know, I have got up and stood in front of probably a dozen conferences and talked about scaled manipulative link building and other things like that. So I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not preaching this. Well, I am now, 
But the point is, if I go into a lot of large companies and try and sell them SEO, they won't listen. If I walk in and try and sell them inbound marketing, they will listen. But I tell you what. So we were actually we were a client, um, really big company, uh, a duck, so like stock noted, um, and they were ranking for basically everything, really ranking really well. Um, and we were doing like a quick side analysis to see, you know, what might be a potential uh, you could actually do with those guys. And then we saw that was really seriously they were spamming the hell out of it. But since they were being a brand, you know, nothing really happened. But they were really spamming the shit out of it. And so we went in there. So you have the big group, you know, with uh, head of marketing, CEO, and whatever. And um, and it was so crazy because uh, we basically said, what do, what do you propose we should do? And I said, well, we have to clean up a lot of stuff. So we got to get rid of that stuff. We got to get rid of that stuff. We got to get rid of that stuff. And we got to rebuild here. We got to rebuild here. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? We're number one. So we must be doing it right. And this is like, no, <laughs> you know? And, you know, it's, it's like, uh, well, you know, if you, if you rob a bank, you know, and don't get caught... It doesn't make it legal, right? <laughs> and, and those are the guys, you know, who rob a bank 10 times, but when they got caught on the 11th time, they're like, oh, my God, you know? And this is not, no, you know, it, it, it just didn't make it legal, only you didn't get caught, right? And, and that's the thing, you know? And they, and they really, they, they wouldn't hire us because they wanted someone. No, we, we want someone to help us with these keywords, you know, because there we are not mm -hmm. ranking yet. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm well, afraid we can't help you. Doesn't that come back to the, it comes fully back to the Interflora thing. I, I hope that when Google does those kind of penalties to large companies, it gives us a little bit more ammunition for those kinds of, uh, of arguments, which is, oh, well, all this stuff's working. At least I can say, well, look, Google has a track record of, of doing this. And it's like, what would it cost you if you were out of the index for X long? Calculate yeah. that cost. And I'm trying to days. mitigate... Uh, right. That's why it needs to be a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, so if, if you could CEOs listen to everything that relates to money and risk. So, you know, it's like, what's the biggest risk to you hitting your objectives next quarter? Well, if SEO drives X percent of your business and it's kind of teetering on something that it shouldn't be. Now I'm talking about the risk. CEOs buy insurance. They sure as hell should have somebody take a look at their SEO to make sure there's not things that are there. But I think those big penalties allow us to say, you might not have been caught yet, but if I was your competitor, you don't think I would report you to Google to try to knock you out so I can move up one spot? Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, because I would do that if I was number two. Right. So somebody's going to do this to you eventually as a way to move up so they can gain that market share. So you better clean this stuff up before someone does. And I found that 25% of the time that works. Mm. Yeah, and especially now, you know, with, with Penguin and with those, with those penalties getting harder and more, more visible also, yeah. you know, when you really see the big drop, you know, yeah. it's like it, it, it is more easy to actually sell to the client than this is, you know, if you engage in shitty shit, you, you earn shit. Uh, uh, quote Marcus, you know, uh, I just loved the presentation today. I loved it. It was cool. Uh, that was well, one word I understood perfectly well. <laughs> um, to, to go back to the, to the thing about inbound, I mean, there's been this debate for such a long time. To, do we need to change the name of SEO to something else? The, the difficulty with just calling it inbound is that, you know, inbound supposedly encompasses anything that's earned media, anything that is getting you traffic that you didn't pay for, but you actually have earned. So that should be covering your social, that should be covering maybe your email marketing and so on. But, and, and that may be fine if it sells it. My concern is... And I don't know if, if SEO gets redeemed or not, but my concern is it cheapens what 
you do as an SEO and that SEOs should actually be very proud of the work that real SEOs are doing. And the work that you do as an SEO is not, I got a link, I got, you know, some site pages that happened and things like that. Those are tactics of SEO. But as a strategy, you do something as SEO that practically nobody else does in marketing. You understand what the consumer wants by learning how to research what they're telling you. You're not sitting back there and trying to guess. I think the consumers may want blue cell phones. Um, let's see. Let's go do a focus group and find out. And then we'll get a sample of 100 people and we'll figure it out. You are HTC. You're the SEOs for HTC. This is Deutsche LA. True story. And you're seeing that people are searching for HTC purple phone. The Thousands of people are searching for a purple phone that does not exist. And you're going back to HTC and saying, people want this, okay? We don't, we don't have to conduct a research thing. We have live research I can show you right now on your own website that people are desperately trying to buy this product that you do not have. Perhaps it's a good idea if you build it, right? And that is what an SEO does. That's where everything starts when it comes to SEO. You understand how to research what people want, and how they're expressing that need on things that allow them to search. Whether it is something that you search on Google by typing in a word or turning on your phone, opening up Foursquare, and it's doing a search based on where you're at, and it's saying, well, here are some restaurants nearby. As an SEO, you understand how they search, the ways that they do it, the venues that they do it, and then you deliver awesome traffic because people are ready to convert. The tactics you use to get that traffic follow from that. But that's the core skill set that you have as an SEO, that you understand how people think and seek information. And there are very, very few markers to get it. And that's the biggest problem I'll say that SEO faces when you go to try to sell, because you're selling to rooms full of really stupider marketers who don't understand how advanced you are as SEOs. But you, you're, you're not guessing at who's watching the TV show and are they 30 to 39 and can we sell them a car? You know exactly who they were. You knew better until Google took away all the keywords. But, <laughs> but you know that. And, you're so, and I feel like we are just desperately waiting for all the SEOs to move up and take over the CMO positions. And when they get there, look out anybody who doesn't understand it because it won't be like, I got to pretend I'm not an SEO. It's going to be, I am an SEO and I'm a metrics marketer and you better either get in line and do it right or get out of the way because I've got other people who can do a better job. Just the note. One thing that that also reminds me, and that's a good comment, but and this is going to sound a bit funny as a description for alternative description for SEO, commercial librarian. <laughs> oh yeah, commercial. I'm a commercial commercial librarian. librarian. Nice. I sound smart. That's cool. <laughs> you know, in Germany, they actually had a different name. It's called Babel. Uh, the guy in the beautiful yellow shirt actually branded that term. We call it Babel. <laughs> We don't want to talk about SEO anymore. Oh, he's sleeping. I'm sorry. I didn't want to wake you. Sorry. <laughs> didn't want to wake you up. Just think about it. Like, if you look, like, think about the traditional profession of librarians. What do they do? They sit around. They wait. They get, uh, well, not only wait. They also do work, of course. But they basically get a user to them, coming to them at a desk or something like that. They basically get an inquiry. They try to figure out what's the best result. Based, you know, they might ask some questions back, etc., and they make a couple of uh, uh, suggestions. But wouldn't I be the one just using Google? Nowadays, yeah, okay, yeah, let, yeah. Me, let me Google that <laughs> for you. Here's another thing that surprises me, and uh, 
I checked. Now there are, of course, within Google working a lot of librarians, but actually the percentage is actually very small. Mm -hmm. And I was one of the few working within search quality that actually also, like I am a librarian. So for me, this is kind of like background kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm also sensitive to that because of that. But I basically was surprised. Like a lot of the things that search quality and search basically tries to do is quality control. You know, it's like basically providing the user with an answer. And now commercial aspect comes in because you actually want to get some uh, key results on that on the return on investment. But actually even libraries need to know which books to buy, which book is more interesting. They even do this kind of stuff as well. You know, they look at, at the logs like what are people looking in their computer. So it's not like a co completely off the charts like uh, thing even there. We, uh, three, four, five, um, six. Six weeks ago we hired a librarian. Wow. We hired a master's of library science at SEER. Uh, she's also GA certified, so she gets that combination. But it's like, um, tomorrow I'll talk about this a little bit, but it's like understanding like what people are seeking. The, the, who cares about the tool? Let's think bigger than the tool being Google, let's mm -hmm. say, right? The need to seek out information and how you help people find information has been happening well before Google existed. So having somebody on our team who understands the desire and the process that people go through to discover and find information, mm. I think it's going to bring us all kinds of ideas that our Ruma SEOs would probably, or traditional SEOs, would probably never think about. So yeah, we just hired our first library science. Uh, she got her master's degree in library science, and it's going to be super cool to see what she can do. And she hired a librarian as well, Conan, the librarian. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this idea is what keeps me doing SEO, right? The, the librarian. The, the idea that we can, <laughs> we can produce a piece of content that solves a problem for you know, a, a group of people, a target audience, and that in doing so, we're making sales, we're, we're generating referrals, we're, we're attracting links into our websites, and people are talking about this stuff that we're producing, and they're saying, I love it. But they're tweeting it, they're sharing it, yeah. they're plusing on Google, and they're saying, I really love this. And then... You know, those people are hitting our websites and they're buying or they're signing up on our email list or they're, you know, they're, they're doing the things that are important to the growth of our business, right? And none of that would be happening if we were still submitting to directories or article spinning or anything like that. And that is how you build a business that actually doesn't really need SEO in the first place. We're talking about brand marketing, right? And then you think, well, hang on, there are agencies out there that have had the ability to solve problems for a target audience with creative since whenever, right? Like ad agencies. The only thing that they probably don't have as much as we do right now is that ability to manipulate the data and actually really pin down demand. But I think those times are probably coming to an end. So I think, you know, as an agency, we have to take this leap. We have to be more creative. We have to find ways to add value in a really unique and remarkable way. I mean, what I do when I'm looking at a search result my favorite example in the UK of this is uh, laptop reviews. Because if you search for laptop reviews in the UK, every single result, result is exactly the same, and they all suck. They're all like category-style pages. There's like a drop-down where you can sort by, maybe you can sort by price. Maybe you can sort by, I don't know, how recently that laptop was reviewed at best. And there's always ad blocks, and there's all this shit. None of those pages are helping me find a laptop that is awesome like the fastest laptop or maybe the fastest plus the biggest screen, whatever it is. And, and they're all so samey. And no SEOs looked at that result and gone, I can beat every single web page in this result just by producing 
a much better piece of content that really solves problems for people like me when I'm looking for those laptops. So that's, that's where I think we've got to go. And the thing is that it, it's such a level playing field. It's so exciting. And these big keywords that we can nail because we've got the skills and all we need to do is attract those links. And so that's, that's where I'm at. I think we have to be doing this now because there are some much bigger ad agency style companies that are going to start getting it mm-hmm. and then we're screwed. But seriously, having like an article on the fastest laptop, this is an article you've got to update like every week, right? <laughs> All the pages suck. Go and do the query. Okay. Right? But I actually, I, we run a lot of websites, you know, in the, in the health sphere. We, have, we run sites on hemorrhoids, on wart removal, on nail fungus and all that stuff. I don't right. get a lot of likes. Seriously. My hemorrhoid fan page really doesn't get a lot of likes, you know. It's like yeah. Richard Bexter likes but, 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 hemorrhoids. Wait, wait, wait. You could make hemorrhoids awesome. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. absolutely. So how do you do awesome hemorrhoids? Put just... a personal story to it, especially no, with well, a kid. Uh, Seriously. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, put a personal story to it. Like, really try to solve a problem. Yeah. Uh, with hemorrhoids or with SEO? Both. both. But... <laughs> okay. They're both a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but, like, a buddy of mine basically, um, uh, I forgot the disease, but... Uh, it's this wild growth of uh, cells that can happen anywhere in the body, but she had it like in her neck, and that can like basically go out and like because it's there, it can open up and bleed and whatever. So it's a very nasty mm. thing to have, but it's also common what enough. What is this called? I can't remember. Really. Because would Google it. Um, you can, yeah. But uh, uh, so what? What he did, he over over a period of three four years, what he did was compile videos, photos. Over time, he did uh, the uh, like they did a surgery, you know, they like after a couple of years to get it removed, etc. They got like the the information online is very dis- like well different, uh, and they basically were told different things, so they didn't know what to do for a while. And they basically at some point found a good uh, uh, pediatrician who recommended to remove it, got it all sorted, and they basically made a video after that to basically share and to help other people who have similar issues. You know, now this kind of stuff. Now, of course, in this case, you can show the thing. Yeah. You might not be able to show, but maybe you can use something else X-ray-wise or a graphic kind of something, you know? Yeah, get graphic with hemorrhoids. Always great, yeah. No, but you <laughs> know what? I, 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 I totally, totally get you yeah. all your hemorrhoid likes that you want. Is this <laughs> the world's biggest hemorrhoid? Oh! Okay? Oh, man. <laughs> no, do you have... I mean, that, that is content that people will come and read, and they will like it. Believe it or not, I'm sure that they will. Most famous people no, in history. Reddit. Most famous people in. No, we don't need to see it. Yeah. No. Oh, 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 oh. So, oh, oh. don't show that. Most people. <laughs> most famous people in the world oh. who have suffered hemorrhoids over time, right? <laughs> Okay. You, you don't think we've got world leaders or kings or queens or something like that that have so suffered from this sort of thing? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, people I don't, hate people don't have to love this stuff, but like what Philly's saying about, you know, if, if you put the require, if you, if you put helping people before actually ranking for the keyword, I think most of the time you'll end up ranking for that keyword. Like yep. to build the definitive guide, like evergreen content. All right, hemorrhoids is a terrible example, and I'm never going to say hemorrhoids is awesome ever again. But <laughs> you, the point is that we've got this opportunity just to build exactly the right solution to help people out, and they will appreciate that. And I think that's how we have to look at this. But just a quick story on their hemorrhoid thing. So I'm ranking number one for that term, and I actually get a lot of email, although I write, please don't write me, go to a doctor, seriously, really. Yeah. And uh, I even have the number of the... So like, why don't you get a doctor on the side? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Or build, build, build like a listing with like, you know, lots of different doctors that can help out. Dr. A QA, a QA section yeah. where people can ask questions. And, and you hire a doctor to answer. So you're building up your but long tail traffic. This is difficult in Germany like with, the, with health law. There's some health law that you can't give health advice, yeah. or concrete, something like this in Germany. We have a lot of laws. But, can you, but could you have, like on your website, could you have, like somebody comes along and they ask a question, right? And that's, that's a piece of text that you don't have on your website until they ask that question. And then can somebody else in Germany, like just a, somebody who's shared that experience before, go in and answer that question for them? That, does that resolve you of any liability to... Because that, that's UGC. I think I give the wrong example. <laughs> yeah. Because you I actually started this in 2006. I'm not doing anything on it anymore, right? It's just oh. ranks. So it's, uh, but so but it's the, the crazy story is I actually got an email once. <laughs> and I got a phone call at night. And I'm like, huh? Who's there? And he's like, oh, did you get my email? And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? I sent you an email. I'm on a boat. Did you uh, did you give me an email? And I'm like, well, what did you send me an email about? Yeah, about I need to know if those are bad hemorrhoids. And I'm like, what? Is yeah, I send you the pictures. Usually, this guy <laughs> called me up. He sent me an email because he's on a freaking boat and can't go to a doctor and <laughs> sent me pictures of his hemorrhoid to tell him if it's bad and if he should go to like go on land and go to a doctor. Seriously, I shit you well, look, why and I not? Said, okay, here's the number for the... I, uh, I like, build the functionality for people to upload those photos oh, to the site. And then get video... Okay, new topic. Get, get new topic. Got, results no, as well. No, it's over. It's over. Can, no, I, can, no, I, no, can I finish? Wow. This is the miracle of the more. internet. Because you couldn't do that in 1985. Oh. Now you... Oh. I mean, technology allows... Hemorrhoid hangouts. Let me finish the liking hemorrhoids. Google Hangout. Yeah. Your issue with liking no hemorrhoids pieces. is the same as anything else. People don't intrinsically like products or brands apart from a very, very, very small percentage. People do like people. So therefore, personalize it. As Philly was saying, this is, this is Harry's but issue. But I don't got hemorrhoids. Pardon? I don't got hemorrhoids. I'm not, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying. You know, but if you did. So it's nothing to be embarrassed of if you did. It's, you know, it's, you Can know, it's just one of those things. Can I please take another topic, please? Please <laughs> take another topic. New topic. New topic. New topic. Okay. Um, <laughs> Since we were talking about, <laughs> since we were talking about, <laughs> what do you say? Warts. Warts? No, no. Oh, that's good. We're water removal. No, no, no. no. We'll so, move along. Uh, um, What's nail fungus stuff? pretty nasty as well. Correct. Webmasters on the Roof will be right back after this short break. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. 
Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. You're back live on Webmaster Radio. Now, Webmaster's on the roof. So with the, with the penalties, with Penguin and all that stuff, uh, there's another topic which actually you know, came uh, up into, uh, into recency again, and uh, negative SEO. Um, I, for myself, have to see a valid case of negative SEO, but it's, most of the times people tell you about, oh, negative SEO, but they can't give you a specific example of like, a negative SEO really happening and also being like a long-time thing, right? Um, because Google is watching this pretty carefully. But, you know, as we all know, you know, shitty links can lead to a lot of uh, maybe unhealthy rankings. So negative SEO would be wide open again. What are, you, what are your thoughts on negative SEO? 
The the one confirmed report that we have seen of that happening was the um, second-hand car auction website that was going to launch in the UK mm-hmm. until it got a negative SEO attack, if you want to call it that, before it launched. Before it launched. And at that point, it had no link equity whatsoever, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. just got a couple hundred thousand links running out of there, or whatever, spam, porn, you know, that kind of shit. Um, so, so that is an example of one where I'll say it's worked, but that's a very peculiar set of circumstances. You're dealing with a site that already has no history. Yeah. Um, I have obviously played about with things like this a lot. And what I found is that I I was traditionally, I mean, I haven't done it probably in about two years now, but I was traditionally about 80% likely to push my competitors up than I were to push them down. Mm. So if I've got a a four out of five chance of improving their SERPs, I ain't doing that. You know, you'd have to be a pretty committed nut job who's not doing it for the money to make negative SEO worthwhile. Um, I, you know, I have no doubt there's going to be people straight away that will say, oh, but that's rubbish. Did you not hear about it? So my friend Bob, right, he's got another friend called Jack. <laughs> and holy shit, his whole empire was taken down by this vicious spammer. But I'm, I haven't seen domains, numbers, like majestic backlink history, and then backed up with a correlated drop in something third party. I, I haven't seen that. This, no. is, this is part of the reason why you have to clean up your old bad stuff. So even if you're not hit, um, by any kind of a penalty today, and you wonder, like, is it worth it for me to try to clean up the old stuff that I did? My answer to that is yes, because what's happening is you're kind of teetering, and I know if I wanted to try negative SEO, which I'm completely far removed from it, don't even know where to, really where to start, mm. where I would start is with competitors who are kind of being a little bit aggressive already, or pretty aggressive, yeah. and I go, oh, let me just, you're at the end of that cliff, let me, whoop, just push, there you go, gotcha. So for me, it's like, you know, keeping your stuff clean is probably the best way, is one way to make sure that that doesn't happen. I unfortunately, uh, I wrote a blog post about it. We got penalized for like 12 hours. And um, I had to do a lot of research because negative SEO was kind of a hot topic exactly at that time. So I started looking for stuff. And uh, I talked about it uh, a while back. Um, but I think that if you're teetering on the edge, clean up your stuff. Because if I saw somebody doing that and I wanted to knock them out and move up one position, how much is it going to hurt to just throw a little bit of extra bad at it and see if it knocks them over? There was a study on um, Ian Portance site, right? Yeah. Um, and they've been doing some machine learning um, analysis to look at sites that were getting penalized, what ratio of links in their backlink profile were actually you know, low quality. And what they found is over time, the aggressiveness of Penguin has been increasing. So sites with larger amounts of low-quality links have started yeah. to suffer more and more. So that implies that the longer you leave this issue, the less likely you are to rank. You've got to, you've got to do something about it. You've got to fix this. I've not seen, but I've not seen negative SEO um, actually working negatively. I'm, I'm with Martin. Like it, 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 it tends to work positively, mm. weirdly, um, or not at all, actually, which is important to note. I mean, uh, not well. Not with on the basis that all these spam links came from somewhere, right? Like they, usually, they, 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 they weren't invented to piss yeah, other yeah, people yeah, up. Yeah. They were invented to get me to sort of rank my site. I mean, like if I was a search engine engineer and I saw a sudden influx of very low quality, brand new URLs and like you know social profiles and all of mm. that kind of spammy stuff, it wouldn't be hard just to ignore that, you know. But then if you see links coming in from pages that are known to be selling links and they're super penalised, you know, they're really really dark pages. That arguably might be able to take a, a web page down. I don't know. There's, this gentleman here should know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, I just really wanted to say, Philly, I would like uh, your opinion on that, if you can share something. Do you, do you know some negative SEO cases or uh, anything that uh, spikes some interest? I, no. In the way that, like Martin says, I've, um, 
I've seen a number of cases being reported, but in most cases those didn't turn out actually to have negative effect or the effect was minimal. There's been maybe one or two that you say like, okay, this could be, uh, but yeah, that wasn't definitive either. So, yeah. I think that you had, um, I mean, Google never said negative SEO is impossible. For, Actually, for they, well, no, they, they said it was very, 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 very unlikely. Yeah. But I mean, Google always leaves a little bit of qualification there. But but the reality has been that for years it has always been very unlikely. We just have not seen people doing it. So what happened last year was, of course, then Google attacks these link networks that were being heavily used by people who, I, as I talked about before, have no concept of what SEO was about. And so they immediately, being upset, react like, well, if you're going to punish me for links, then you could punish anybody for links. Therefore, negative SEO is going to happen. And I don't want to say only an idiot would say that. <laughs> what, what I want to say is people who have no education and no history of the SEO field would say that, which they were. If they had any experience, they'd understand that, yeah, what just happened to you wasn't a unique thing. And in fact, We've had these kinds of discussions before, so young kid, guess what? You know what? This isn't new. You just think you've come up with this great idea to, to somehow, now if I can go out there and build up a scare tactic, I'm going to force Google to put everything back in the box and return me. That's not happening. So they start screaming negative SEO, and then you get all these people saying, oh, it must have been negative SEO. And then it almost turns into some people as being like what the Google sandbox used to be. Because Google did, and still, remember the sandbox, for a time, you have a new website, the website would kind of sit in this sandbox and not be allowed to play in the top rankings until Google decided if it wanted to trust it. Then after a few months, it's like, okay, you're a big boy, you're a big girl mm -hmm. site, you get to come out here and play with everybody else. But sometimes sites wouldn't get out, and so the sandbox became the universal reason yeah. why everybody would say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the sandbox. I've been there for four years. And, I, you know, <laughs> it, and it had nothing to do with the actual Google sandbox. So now I think you have people who have problems with Google uh -huh. that have nothing to do with negative SEO, but they're not educated. And so they just seize on whatever the term of the moment is, and so it's negative SEO. And... The fact that all of you in the trenches, because I'm not in the trenches as much as any of you guys, I've looked into case after case that people have reported to me, and it's, it's echoing the same thing you see. I don't see the negative SEO. And when I see the people who have been hit, you got a pretty good idea why they got hit. Mm -hmm. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> My name really is Viagra. That's why I post <laughs> and oh, all I these see. comments. <laughs> What's the name, Viagra? His name is actually Viagra, yeah. <laughs> What's that? Okay. His name is actually Viagra. Is it? Yeah. Awesome. You deserve to rank then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. There, there are so many myths that, yeah. that like, throughout, like, negative SEO is one of those things that came back, and it was well before last year, mm -hmm. that that has been on the radar. Like, I've been asked that question multiple times at conferences throughout the years uh, at Google, but another one, a very simple one, duplicate content penalty. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a penalty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing, um, uh, uh, AdWords. Pay AdWords, you rank higher. Yeah, that's the classic. Yeah, yeah but yeah, it's it still is. being asked. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. We're so many years later, and we still get people that basically say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I need to pay, otherwise I don't rank." But you got two stories. So, so you have one guy telling you, "So 
I have to no. If you spend money on AdWords, you will rank better because you're spending uh-huh. money with Google. Yeah. And you have the other guy who's saying you, if you spend money with AdWords, you're ranking lower yes. because Google wants you to spend more on AdWords. Yes. You know, it's like yeah. So which of you guys? It's just stupid. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter. And it's really. It's, well, I think one of the things uh, with I, I tried to do some research on how many PhDs Google has, and I think it's around 1,500. And uh, you know, we sit up here and we try to think about like, oh, the algorithm and this and that. It's like, they have 1,500 PhDs. Anybody here got a PhD? One? Yeah. <laughs> I know a PhD. Does and, that count? Yeah. So what would you do? I know, so. Yeah. So can you please help us battle? But no, so I think, um, again, it kind of comes back to where we started, which is, you know, the concept of Panda and Penguin and link penalties and things like that. When you think you have it figured out, you don't. You don't. Like, you think you have it figured out, oh, it's because of this, that, and the other. There's too many things at play. But we always know what Google was trying to work towards. Just because some shit that shouldn't have worked along the way worked doesn't mean all of a sudden. <laughs> but but everybody, everybody's smarter than those PhDs because PhDs are working desperately to come up with an algorithm that can figure out what a human being likes. Yeah. We are human beings that know what we like. Therefore, we are smarter. Than Therefore, that. we are smarter than all of. We yeah. are smarter than all of Google. All you have to do is ask yourself: Is this good content? You know, it's good content. This is a good link to have. You know, it's a good link to have. It's when you start going down the road of trying to pretend that you can think like Google. You're like going, "Well, is this a good link? I don't know. It's coming from a page with four other links off of it. Well, therefore, it might not be. Who cares about all that? Right. If you just start thinking like a human being, you're outsmarting the PhDs that are trying to figure out how you think. Which brings me to the topic that you basically. With all this PhD and the trying of uh, uh, imi- uh, mimicking a human brain in a way, uh, there's going to be plenty of uh, holes, plenty of errors, and other things. And that's always going to happen. You know, it's like, and that's fine. It's like Google has, like, most of the engineers there, or I'm, I safely even would say none of them have a full idea how all the algorithms together work with each other in combination mm. with the user. User input of the of the whole bloody internet worldwide. Mm. You know, yeah. there's no one who can predict that. Like so me. there's always going to be stuff in between the cracks and stuff, and they try to solve that when they see it. So they love feedback and that kind of stuff. But in the end, yes, there will always be something. But it doesn't mean that it's like a super hype. It's a super thing, like negative SEO kind of thing. You know, it's like, yeah. But let's pretend for a second we we all would be smart. Um, what? What would you do? Uh, not you, actually. But what would you do? <laughs> no. If, if if what would you do um, to uh, to to fight spam? If you would be in Metcalf's shoes, I don't want to ask you because you basically were in Metcalf's shoes for seven years. But but what would you do um, if you would be Metcalf's? What would you do so, to fight spam? So I think I think and I it kind of is the my answer. This is kind of an extension to what you were just saying a second ago, Will, um, about. Google have always told us where Nirvana is, where this promised land is, and that's having only organic links and great content. Yeah. And if you build it, they will come. And I'm sorry, but I don't buy that crap because oh, if yeah. you built that six or seven years ago, you'd be bankrupt by now. I couldn't agree more. So, so that's my issue with that. But let's look at the reason for that. It's because they have been preaching to us for many, many years that, hey, this is how search works, and if you do this, mm-hmm. you will rank. And we're, we're nowhere near there yet, but we're a lot closer than we were two years ago, crucially. I think we're probably close enough now to start out with that yep. and not go down the spammy route to build a business first. 
is go down the route of actually doing things right. But I think what they need to do is look at their entire sorting stack, and let's just massively oversimplify it for a second. They scrape the web, they have got everyone's content, and then they use links to decide who goes in what order. And then what they do is modify the search based on, yeah, well, we don't like these kind of links, we don't like this kind of content, so we'll take this bit out, we'll take that bit. But they're starting with a model that is still flawed, and then improving it by lots of iterative algorithms that improve the rankings. And user input. And user input. But we still, we still have this underlying balls up in the first place of using something that's actually really easy to manipulate, and that's the link graph. So what we need to do to, to solve web spam, that's what we want to call it, is to find a replacement for that. Mm -hmm. And apart from your hemorrhoids example earlier, not your hemorrhoids personally, but the ones that came up on the screen, um, I firmly believe that the social graph is where we will mine this data from. Mm -hmm. I think not buying Twitter when they could have done was probably the single biggest mistake mm. that Google have had over the last 10 years. <clears throat> I don't see that Google Plus will bring them the level of social data that I think they probably need. Um, but it has to be around authorship, around defined ownership of data, around where you can still use the links, but you have to absolutely be sure you know where they've come from and what they're worth before you use that as your ranking algorithm. So if I were going to fix it, I would throw away what they've built so far and essentially start again. But seeing as they which, now have shareholders, that's a hard thing to do. Which, in a way, you could arguably say that they've been doing with like those updates. No, it's a PR thing in one end, but the same end, like you say, they've gotten closer to actually breach, uh, doing what they were preaching. Hmm. And in a way, they've that's exactly what they've done. It's like trying to solve that particular problem where they basically the link graph which they couldn't rely on as much anymore try to solve that problem of okay how do we get the trustworthy links out of that well let me i mean so i've got a different metaphor i use but there's one that came up to me think about it this way that that links are the fossil fuel running the google <laughs> search engine and it actually needs clean pure nice technology and i agree with you entirely the solar signal it's not going to be clean but it's going to be a better signal. And, and I'll, I'll come back a bit more why, but let me go back to the fossil fuel. So first they started driving Google and the other search engines, and they need something to fuel it. And at first we were with AltaVista, so we were running off of Steam, right? Or InfoSeeker, everybody. So, uh, and then here comes Google saying, no, we got this better fuel. It's called gasoline. We, we pump it out of the ground. We put it in there. And those are the links. So we've been driving around, and we've been using the links, and they're becoming, we're, we're running out of it. So we're having to get more and more dirtier sources of that link. You know, Think of it like we're getting it out of the tar sands now, and it's harder to find the clean, good stuff. So we got to filter it through Panda and penguin and perpendicular or whatever you want to do it. And so it's just not a good, clean signal like it was back in the day. We need that new social signal. And the other reason why I really like the social signal is if you go back to the other metaphor that links were used. When Google started, they said links, and they still do, are the democracy of the web. And I've been describing it to people as saying, if you believe the links are the democracy of the web, then you must also believe that the United States had democracy when you had to be 25 years and old, white, and a landowner to vote. <laughs> because that's how democracy was when the country started. Most people did not have the vote. Most people were disenfranchised from voting. And over the years, everybody's been enfranchised. Now when you put it to links as votes, that means that the people who get the vote are the people, the relatively few, who go out there and say, wow, 
I really liked my otter case so much that I'm going to go home now and write a blog post about it. And I'm going to make sure that I write the blog post about it, not on Tumblr or someplace that may insert no follows all over the place. And I'm going to make sure that when I link to the otter case site, I'm going to say something like, awesome iPhone case. So they've got some rich anchor text. And I'm going to do all that to cast my vote and help them do well. Most people don't do that. It's a hard thing to do to cast that kind of vote. It's a difficult task. In contrast, if you've just gone to the Otterbox site and you like their site or you're on Facebook and you like their thing, you're on Google Plus or whatever you've liked it, that's a very easy way to vote for something that you think is quality. But I think the difficulty is that I've just spent the past two months, uh, not two months, the past two weeks when we were, I was on a panel with Matt and Dwayne from Bing, Matt Cuts from Google and Dwayne Forrester from Bing. Um, I was also then on a panel at SMX West and I asked them twice in different ways, what's up with not using social? And it's the same thing. Well, we're still looking at it. We're still thinking about it. But links and, and Matt went at length about how links still have a long way to go. And, and so we're going to keep pumping in gasoline. And I think the answer is, they don't, they don't have the infrastructure yet. They don't know what to do with the social signal. I think actually Google probably has enough data just from the minimal stuff they have on Google Plus to make some good guesses. If you remember when they first started doing really well with links, they were only like a tenth of the size of the other search engines, but they had enough data to see it. But I don't think their infrastructure is ready. They, they, it's like they have the solar energy that they could use. They just still have all this piping and all these bypasses and all these filters. And so I agree, we're going to get there. And I think that signal is going to overtake. But boy, I just wish we'd stop pumping out the fossil fuel because I hate it. I just it's also, hate it. It's also one of the things that uh, Google has been, like Netcut specifically, I think, and the team has been trying to do, get the focus off the links you know, in the last few years. And that's also one of the things with the PR, with Pingwing and stuff. Yeah. Too much focus on the links. They're trying to undo some of the damage of the whole link culture right. and, and everything that came with it, with the buying and all that kind of stuff. They're trying to undo some of that. And which is fair because, in a way, Google kind of caused that particular industry. Kind of? Yeah, okay. Probably, kind, totally. Kind, kind of? <laughs> None of this... So I've had for the last, we were talking about this in the, in the green room before we came up, but I've had contact um, from a journalist very recently who's discovered SEO because he's had people buying spam links on his son's photography blog, right? The, Google have created this monster where people are buying and selling links and links have become a traded currency. Well, they yeah. didn't go out and create it. I mean, they didn't say, you know what, we're going to create a link. Economy. They, they used the links. They've enabled. They used the links, and and the link economy followed with it. Yeah. But to go, what you're saying about you know, so they're trying to to get the emphasis off of it. I agree, except that I feel like they do it the long way. At this point, I well, it's like I feel like my head is going to explode when I have to yet again write an article explaining that, well, no, these affiliate links are okay, but these affiliate links might not be, because Google said that gets most of the affiliate links, but maybe it doesn't get those. And, oh, by the way, that's an advertorial, but this one might not be an advertorial. And that kind of thing is okay, because you didn't pay for it, but this might be all right over here. Oh, no, press release links don't count anymore. Actually, they might count, but Google behind the scenes <laughs> has unilaterally decided, oh, no, we discounted them already. And then... On top of all that, where you're trying to keep track of all the moving parts of what links Google likes and doesn't like and what dictate has been sent out and what should no follow this and what no follow that. I mean, I do all that. On top of all that, then they come along and they say, and now you can disavow links. And I'm like, where the 
did that come from? <laughs> How? I mean, I have seen, because I have been doing this such a long time, and I feel so old, but we talk about people relearning. I have seen these circles go over and over again. Mm. I've seen things go four, five times in a row. But I have never, until last year, seen the link system go full circle. Or actually not full circle. I suppose we're only going halfway. That we have gone from get links to don't get links and try to get people to stop Ooh. linking to you. And, and, and people selling you a service. <laughs> Google's original recommendation was buy links. Uh, not buy links. Google used to say get links in directories, right? Because they wanted you to get links from the open directory and Yahoo, which were major trustworthy sites. Especially which at the beginning. Morphed in the beginning, which morphs crazily into today where there's a billion directories who still hang on to this thing from 2000 and they say, well, we're a directory you should buy from us. So the people did do it. And now they're going out and saying, pay us money to get out of our directory. And that, <laughs> if, if you cannot find anything more crazy and any more evidence of how broken that whole system is, is when people feel like they have to pay money to get people to not link to them or when people actually <laughs> – People actually thank Google for the right to be able to disavow links they didn't even ask to have pointed at them. And that's where I really get, if you're not picking it up, really <laughs> upset because I do not want to sit back as a publisher, not as an SEO, but as a publisher of a website and have to worry about how people are linking to me. Google should figure that out. And if Google thinks those links don't, don't, aren't worthwhile, then don't count them. Don't make me yeah. it, don't make me go out there and have to disavow them. Which reminds me of the BBC case. Where they yes. yeah. <laughs> so oh, the BBC yeah. got like uh, uh, unnatural link warning uh, I think a month ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. And like webmaster went like, okay, Google, can you please tell me which page is yeah. getting this? Because I've got like a few hundred thousand of them. Ten million pages. <laughs> and I don't know like, which one, and it was like one page somewhere or something. And they're like, man, which page? I to be honest, and, and I, I got this question actually also from some others here, and like basically like just ignore it. You know, it's like if it's just one page, why care at this point? Why care? It's just not worth the effort. It's not worth diving into. You're an authority in itself, especially the BBC. Yeah. You know, it's like you're saying this to the BBC, but what would you say to a small or yeah. medium-sized business? That's a good question. Freak out. Yeah, you freak <laughs> out. <laughs> well, if, 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 if it's only one page, you know, it's like... It, it might be It might be 30% of your net revenues, and yeah. you might have to lay off four staff. Yep. Like, I'd be so angry. I'd, I'd be super angry. So, like, when the dig example, I think, is probably an even better one. Ooh. Oh, shit. We fucked up. We took them out the index totally by mistake <laughs> for no reason, and it wasn't until shit started blowing up that we noticed and put them back. Now, if That's you not were, the first time that happened, though. I, I, you heard <laughs> it here first from a former Googler. <laughs> but if that happened to any small or medium-sized business, gone. Gone. It's, it's really sad. So, um, you know, I think sometimes we're insulated in these conversations. We talk about no, follow, and disavow, and we all kind of nod our heads and we know what's up. I had a client who, before Google launched Disavow, paid their old SEO $15,000 to remove links. So the links they got for them that then caused them to at some point get hit, this site naturally gets links from quality sources, so they didn't even need to do it. That's the saddest fucking thing I have ever experienced, is to watch a company build a bunch of crappy links to a company, 
to say that we're helping them. And then when they find out that they're hurting them, go, well, you have to pay us to remove them. And to your point, Martin, you're absolutely right. This is a small business owner who is an amazing business owner, has built an amazing business and is a great person. And she got not duped. If somebody told you you were going to lose your whole business if you don't fork over 15 grand and you got people you got to lay off, you're happy as shit that this about tool came out. But it came out two weeks after she cut the $15,000 check. That's why they should have launched it from the, from the beginning. On the, the concept of social signals, though, something that I talked about a while back is I hope that um, with our, you know, Google's on our phones, right? And we use them for our email, right? And we use them for maps. We use them for a little bit of social, not too much. Um, what I'm hoping is that enough of these Google products at some point will actually, like, like spam bots don't use Google Maps, Right? There's no need to. Why would a spam bot ever use Google Maps? Spam bots don't like, you know, archive emails and create filters and all those things. And what I'm wondering is if someday, actually, like Google TV, like you think about all these different things that Google bolts together. So, like, email, they own it. I think they're the top one. Android, mobile, they own it. The search engine, they own it. I'm hoping that at some point they could say, oh, well, because this person uses all these different things and logs in and out and they use latitude or whatever they use, um, like we kind of know that that looks a lot more like a real person. And as a result, then hopefully the social graph can start to count for more so we don't end up with like buy 25,000 Google Pluses because, you know, that's the first thing that's going to happen the day that but, it's like social but, signals. Sorry, I have to mention that one thing, and especially since we're in Germany, uh, because I'm guessing some people are thinking that here as well. The privacy thing, especially within Europe, like the the communication between the different mm. products, is an issue for Europeans. Well, you think it was an issue, but so far it's not. And and I'll say that because the the, on the, the, country, the, the working say. party, <laughs> what is it, the working twenty nine group, the one that just did the review, came away with basically mm. saying, "Well, we've looked into it, and you know what." Um, okay. Okay, now we're going to leave it to the 29 individual countries to figure it out because we can't actually do anything. And of the 29 individual countries that are involved in the working group, four of them have actually said – four of them have said, now we'll go back and look at it some more. There were six at the moment. Is Uh, it six? Yeah, it's six. And maybe more will get on to it. But it's including France, Germany, and the UK as mm -hmm. well. So like the primary big markets uh, there in a way. And – you're right, absolutely. They look further into it, and there might still be sanctions. At the same time, they're, of course, threatening with it, but at the same time saying, well, if Google works with us, we may be able to do something, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know? it's another, but that's, that's, there's another problem there, and that's the EU in, in, in itself, because like, across the EU, like, being effective, that is not really uh, the case. That said, though, um, per country, and just as an example, the street view issue a couple of years ago here in right. Germany. You know, it's yeah. like it differs per country how these things are, uh, are, how they play out. And it potentially will be an issue. Now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, like I'm still using Latitude, for example. I'm one of the few people, probably I have a couple of friends on it. And it's great because we can see when we're in the same city, when we're even close to each other, etc. Latitude is keeping track of uh, on my mobile, on my Android mobile, basically keeping track where I am. Uh, it, 
sure, Google has the data. I don't care. I, I actually get nice reports back, like Fitbit or something like that. You know, mm. I get nice reports back that tell me I spend so many hours commuting every week, so many time hours at work, so many hours. Uh, you know, I, I wish I could do a little bit more there, but other than that, it's like fun data, and I love it. And I'm fine with Google knowing that. Uh, that said, Google is going towards the direction as. Well, I'm guessing you guys, I don't know if you agree, but towards the uh, the other former monopolist on other things, uh, operating systems in a way, in a way of like being more commercial, being less on that one. Um, I still personally, I, I'm, I said it already this morning, I'm absolutely mad at Google for shutting down Google Reader. I don't know, but you're oh, you, totally you, you, Yeah, I, I love it. <clears throat> I love it, seriously. I yeah, and, use your and at the same time, they launched Google Keep, which actually I actually experimented with last year uh, when it was still internal. Just it's a it's an app made by an like one person mm. who just wanted to do something, <clears throat> as far as I'm aware, at least. Now I could be wrong here, but like what I saw at the time, um, at the time I was like, guys, you're playing with an app, or you just create an app that does note taking. Well, a year ago, you shut down Google Notebook. Yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's all over. And from all the reviews that I've seen, or like I did a search as well. Some people actually did compare the two, but it's just a very small percentage of all the people that have reported Google Keep as like the new note-taking thing and like a new competitor for Evernote and stuff like that. Only a very small percentage actually. Yeah, but they just, a year before, like one and a half years ago in September 2011, they actually shut down Google Notebook, which I also used at the time. You know, it's like... You're a Google fanboy, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, seven years within Google, that's kind of like where you get them. But <laughs> you get to try, try out all the products. You drink the Kool-Aid too much, yeah. You got a Chromebook? But I had in Google. I had a Chromebook, tablet, uh, a laptop, Did desktop with two screens, uh, engineering desktop, so nice and fast. glasses? Uh, no, because Ooh. that was like after. But <laughs> but, Did you use uh, Google SideWiki? Hmm? Did you use Google SideWiki? Site wiki, actually, uh, the or, <laughs> like the wiki thing, like uh, sites, yeah. In, within Google, that's heavily used. Oh, really? Really heavily used. And um, uh, we even used uh, for a while uh, Yaiku. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. We used a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it, it, like, believe me, the one thing I absolutely miss nowadays is the tools access. You know, like I'm not within Google anymore. I, I don't have access to that stuff, but I've seen some really cool stuff come by. And I've also seen some really innovative things come by, even on Gmail and that kind of stuff that never saw the day of light externally. And it's really a shame because like some of these things reinvent like the whole experience. Mm. And of course, Wave is one of those things that was like a side project of Google <laughs> Australia, I got the feeling at the time. Uh, <laughs> more like a couple of engineers went and they're like, hey, yeah, we have an idea. Let's reinvent the whole thing. And of course, great. Someone needed to do that at some point, you know, and great that Google open sources. But inside, like, I personally still work with Gmail a lot. I, I, I still can't believe that after so many years of Gmail, there is still not a good email program out there that does conversations. I agree you know, with you. you know, I totally was. agree with you. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Until Google bought it and shut down Sparrow. Yeah. That was the best, the best non-Gmail app, mail app anywhere. And what's happened to it since Google bought it? Sorry, that's my personal rant for email. Yeah, no way. I have to, get, I have to read it. You're going to have to spare it. Yeah. But, you know, like, 
yeah, I've seen some great stuff. I've seen within Google engineers work on some really great uh, innovations and basically be shut down for the simple fact, uh, commercially we don't know how to exploit it or uh, legally we don't know how to defend it or uh, you know what, we don't have the manpower, we need to refocus on another product, for example, Google Plus or whatever. So, uh, and I'm like, guys, you have real users behind it. And especially with Google Reader, to be honest, I think that was a very stupid mistake because it, like for years they did not have a lot of manpowers on it. So they claim, and I've also from what I uh, heard internally, but Bless you. If it's true, it's another thing because I wasn't on the reader team, just to make that clear. But from what I've heard, it, it kind of matches what has been said externally since the Google Reader shutdown announcement. And I'm a little bit like, okay, that didn't cost you much, but it got you a lot of goodwill. You know, and shutting that down shuts down that goodwill a lot. Like, so why do you think they shut it down? Hmm? Why do you think they shut it down? I've heard a couple of different. Uh, actually, they, uh, they tried to shut it down a year ago already, I think. Um, uh, internally, but they got too much fe uh, feedback. Okay. And uh, they basically went like, okay, no, 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 we're just not allowed to update it. And uh, so, yeah, okay, fair enough. You know, keep the thing running. It, like, to be honest, they still scrape all the all the feeds and everything because they need for their new search, they need it for a uh, uh, feed burner or whatever, you know, they still need, like, actually, they never really improved that too much either. Um, they have something new there, though, but it's not, never really relaunched really again. I'm, I'm confused as to why we think that any company should support a non-financially viable product. Well, here's the... My, Goodwill. I, I, well, my, my thinking on... It doesn't cost a lot, though. My thinking on Google Reader, though, is that it's closer to what Danny was talking about earlier, is, you know, I think it's a, it's a great social signal. Um, you know, if they had, I think if they had embraced Reader more and tried to get more adoption of it, it's another thing that bots and don't do. Like, Google Reader will go back and show you your history, and it'll say, you've read mm -hmm. this many things, and these are the ones you read the most. So they were able to see what you saw value in and what blogs you interacted with and what you starred and what you shared. And all that, to me, is a higher-level signal than just the link. It's, hey, well, this feed by you and Danny and these other people who I have data on – they all tend to go, oh, my God, when there's 500 things in my reader, these are the things they read. Maybe that site should be a little bit higher quality. So I felt <clears throat> the thing that I hated about it is for some reason in my crazy mind, I thought that that was another step towards better signals for algorithmic things because it was an area where spammers don't hang out. Spammers don't hire people in India and say, oh, open up Google Reader and then share a couple of them and star them and save them, and then that's how we're going to trick Google. So I thought it was like this, the little Trojan horse that no one was looking at that they could have somehow tried to get more adoption on and then maybe as a result try to use that in some pockets. But just well, Yeah, from what I understand, the user base went down, though, uh, over the years also because they didn't the market it. Uh, they didn't market it. They didn't do anything for that matter. Um, but they're still getting everything. Like it's not like okay, now Google Reader isn't there. We have well, to I mean, stop I, crawling all those feeds. But 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 isn't like like RSS feeds from website? Isn't it like got to, didn't get get replaced by by Twitter and Facebook? So people will just follow the medium on Twitter or follow the fan page on Facebook well, to really see what's new and not use RSS anymore. To a certain extent, absolutely. And uh, this uh, you can say the same argument actually for the basically the abandonment of Picasso web web mm -hmm. albums. Because that basically got merged into a Google Plus Photos. And, but, oh, we can't move it completely because that upsets too many users. So now it's half-half. And the pro, one might 
okay, I like Google Plus. I actually am more on Google Plus than any other platform, and it's fine. I like the fact that you can have conversation, all that kind of stuff. You don't count because you worked at Google. Fair enough. Uh, so moving on that one. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I like that. But at the same time, I hate Google Plus for one simple fact, and that is I can't mass process data. I can't manage my albums massively. You know, like if I have photo albums, I already had like 140 photo albums in Picasso web albums. That's unbearable within uh, Google Plus Photos. Mm. I I can't deal with uh, five to 500 to 1,000 different feeds within Google Plus, but I can deal with that in Google Reader. You know, it's like very easily, and I have so many feeds. You know, so. But yeah. Google Plus to follow those sites yes, as well, and they're basically publishing all the news. They basically just do the stuff on Google Plus that you were formerly doing on, on Google Reader. I do both, sure. but it's like there's a lot of things. Like I also use Google Reader. Uh, like RSS feeds are not just alone for news updates. RSS mm -hmm. feeds can be for a lot of other things, like monitoring pages, changes. Uh, it can be you have like one of the old tools that actually uh, also like pipes. Yahoo. Yeah. So you basically can feed anything, nice. any data feed, turn it into an RSS feed, and basically pipe it. One other thing I do currently, uh, like currently as well, I still have to find a solution actually. But like one of the things I do is I actually monitor four or four visits to multiple websites I have. I have a separate folder within my Google Reader that basically has several feeds, and all those feeds are individual websites where four or four errors are happening. So basically, I can see, like on a daily basis, which pages are being accessed by which bots, by which IP address, which user agents, by which URL they try to access. I can see multiple hacking attempts, which is always fun to see, especially when they don't succeed. But you know, that kind of stuff. It's not just for news. Uh, I keep track of a whole bunch of websites just because, like, I want to know when they update their content. And the problem is, there's no authority on it. So I put on every single one of these particular pages that I want to keep track of, I went to uh, uh, page2rss.com, basically created an RSS feed, but I could have used pipes or something like that as well, created an RSS feed to notify me of changes. You know, I do the same even on webmaster, uh, the webmaster guidelines or the, uh, the Bing guidelines. So whenever they update that document, I get a, uh, like a, it pops up in my reader. I just see what I need to see. And I can, by using folders, by using grouping in a way, you can basically say, okay, certain folders I look at on a daily basis, other folders I look at on a monthly basis or weekly basis, and you can prioritize. You can spend your time better, and you can just quickly scan to it. You know, it doesn't need to be news. And that's the thing that I'm basically going to miss now with Google Reader. Now, of course, I can host my own thing. I can even build my own thing. I even have a thing out for that. But uh, just a seed funding thing, but yeah. Just move to Feedly. It's... Huh? <laughs> Move to Feedly, it's exactly like Google Reader. It takes like a minute and it moves everything in and you're done. Uh, I, first of all, I do, like, I do have to say that Feedly does a great job and great guys and stuff like that. Uh, I do not like their interface. I, like, it's, it's a nice, trendy interface, but it's not meant for mass processing. And one of the features now I haven't found, it may be there, but if it was there, it wasn't obvious enough. Uh, was, for example, hide anything that doesn't have any updates. Mm. One of the key features of Google, yeah. uh, Google Reader. Show me 
only the thing that actually have items. I don't care about the rest. I don't need to see my 500 feeds of which 400 are empty because they don't have an update. I already marked them as red. I only need to see the 100 feeds that actually do have updates. It says here that more than 3 million Google Reader users have switched to Feedly. <laughs> nice. But uh, let, me, let me go away from that Google Reader stuff. Yeah. Um, actually, I wanted to go to the disavow, but since we are a little bit short in time already, uh, I want to go to another topic which I think is pretty interesting uh, to all of us. And this is uh, Facebook's new approach into search, right? They've been smirking on a search product for a long time. You know, they've been really getting buses, you know, leaving at Google, driving to Facebook and really clear... Uh, um, getting some engineers from them and uh, they got some really smart guys working on that product and now they came out with graph search which basically introduces like a completely new like search functionality something we couldn't just we, we couldn't search like this before and now all of a sudden there will be this new type of search people could actually be doing how do you guys see graph search I think I, I'm, uh, the, uh, I would really like to hear Danny's opinion on it actually what do you think of graph search you know, it's watch and see right now. It's it 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 has a lot of potential, especially I think for local searches. There's there's a lot of reason to like the idea that you can say, well, I'm looking for a plumber, I'm looking for a mechanic, and I would like to have somebody that has recommended my my friends. That's how we used to do things, right? Before we had search engines, you 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 needed someone who you know, could build this website that you were going to have. Or you, you needed someone who was going to do yard work or whatever. You needed someone who would babysit. And you would ask other people that you knew. And then we got search engines, and they were great because they gave us quick, fast answers, but it lacked the personal recommendation aspect. So you didn't know whether you trusted some things. And you get these middle grounds where you get Yelps or whatever where people would be rating them. But it would be even better if you could just go through and say, I'm looking for a good dentist. And all my friends that have a good dentist that I know do it. But the difficulty is um, we don't all like all those things. Even though it's an easier type of thing to do, I don't spend my day going through and Facebook liking every single thing I do. I didn't like this hotel when I came into it. Not that I didn't like the hotel. I just didn't like the hotel. Um, you know, I didn't like the S-Bahn. I, like, <laughs> I didn't like the place that sold me the, the Diet or Coca-Cola Light that I bought. Um, I didn't like Blau.de who sold me a really great a card from my home and like them if I wanted to, I just didn't think to do it. And so all that stuff that I've liked here, it's not being communicated. And if I don't do that, then there's nothing in social graph. So we really, and that's, I think there's this, the chicken and egg problem that they're really facing. There's some things that are incredible about it. Like you can go through and say, I need to know all the people who work at this company, who knows somebody at this other company, if you're trying to do some recruiting. And you can get a sense of some local places like, I want to go to this city, tell me, like when I want to know if a travel guide is any good, if I'm thinking about buying it, I always look up my own city to see what they've listed because I know what's good in my own city, right? So if they've got it right in my own city, then I trust them more for other cities. So you can go to Social Graph and you can say, all the people who live in Munich, where do they say you should eat? That's really powerful. And you can't get that from Google. And that's the potential, but they've got a long way to go to deliver on that potential. I, I've seen some very scary stuff on that one, though, because I've seen like where people, um, where there's basically uh, a fr uh, friend of mine, a journalist, he basically did like the test, like and basically he went, okay, 
let me look around Manchester, you know, and then like, okay, let me look at a hooligan pub. Then let me look at which people are both liking football and actually visit that club now uh, or that pub. And now he suddenly has personalized names. Uh, then basically mm-hmm. look at one or two more elements uh, uh, to that search and you suddenly have, you know, people you probably don't want to meet. But uh, you have this list, like a very personalized list of individuals that you can identify based on their uh, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't that that information was private and now it's made public. No, it was it has public been information. Accessible. It's accessible exactly the way people blame Google and say, yeah. ah, you've made all my private information available. No, it's public information. Now it's just suddenly easy. And that's what this, when it starts becoming released to everybody, I think people are going to have alarm bells going on like, oh, I don't want this to be there. And they're going to have to go through and start changing more privacy settings again, which could be another potential challenge to whether or not this is useful. The, the one thing that I saw uh, last, so a couple days ago, I was in Turkey. I've never been to Istanbul before, so I didn't know what the heck to do. So on Facebook, for some reason, I, on my iPad, I typed in Istanbul. So freaking cool. It was like my friends. So like you know your friends, right? So at least on Facebook, I know my friends. So what happened is it was like, here are your friends that have been to Turkey. And I was like, son of a bitch, that's great. And then I'm like, well, that person has really bad taste in food. So I don't care about what they've recommended, but these three people I do. And I was shocked to see that then it was able – because people will tag photos. So then I was able to see the photos of my friends and where they went and where my friends had specifically checked in because they checked in. So in the travel space, I was like, oh my god, if I was TripAdvisor, I'd be like, fuck. Because you know, for me to go to a new, a new country and just type in things to do in Philadelphia is horrible search, right? So who spammed the most and ranks the highest? But when I see my other friends who travel a lot and they like certain things, I can kind of see where they checked in and what they liked and the pictures they took because a lot of times those pictures are sending with um, GPS coordinates. Mm. So now it's like, here's all the pictures that Will took when he was in Turkey. Wow, where did you take that picture? Great, because that's a great shot. I want to go there too and take my own shot. That is insanely valuable. And that just happened to me like four days ago. I think this idea of like, who are my friends who have been to Turkey is a little bit of a weird way to search. But I was just like, Turkey. Like, that's how I search, you know, Turkey. And it was like so personalized to me that I actually found it extremely valuable. Mm. First time I've used Facebook search and had it give me back something that I was like, that helped me with what I was trying to do. Because a couple of the people that surfaced were people who travel a lot. And I like the way that they travel from what I've seen in the past. So I listen to their recommendations more. But I, you know, I struggle a bit with the monetization of this particular type of search, right? Because I'm really looking for personal information. I'm looking for people from New York who can, who like restaurants in New York to give a, uh, to, to, to find a great place. And it's always, you know, hard to, to feed an advertisement here because I actually, because I actually don't want advertisement right. because I, I don't want anybody to pay for that. I want Philly, who's from New York, you know, suggesting me a good uh, steak restaurant in New York, right? So I really struggle a bit with the with the monetization part, and so I ask myself if if this is really, you know, the whole thing already. Well, they just dro- they'll just drop in ads wherever they want, though. I mean, the the ads aren't gone now. If you've bought a term and somebody searches and you get the personalized results, you're still going to get an ad targeted to you. Mm-hmm. Actually, at the moment, is already because if you look yeah. at at the moment, uh, yeah. there are ads uh, uh, on Facebook on the site where you basically see a sponsor that and then basically the f- who of your friends plus one that page. Right. You know, so it's in a way it's already there. So you get the personal recommendation added to the actual ad. 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see this argument as being any different to the persistent one that we've had about Facebook for the last six years. How the hell are they going to monetize it? But yeah. if you were to just apply the same thinking that we're trying to do, that we do with search, we try and transplant onto Facebook, onto print media, to TV and radio, none of those industries would have ever existed either. You know, we, we're looking at this from the wrong perspective. Again, we're using a search thought mechanism and it's not search. Um, it's it's not search in the way that we search at the moment. It's not Google-esque search, if you want to call it that. This Can personal layer of search, looking for personal recommendations, Facebook graph search, whatever we're going to evolve into calling this side of thing. I, I don't know right now how they're going to monetize it. I have every faith that it will be a good product when it's eventually mature. Um, I, I genuinely have faith that it will be a good product and we'll probably use it. But it is akin to print media. Dude, I think it's going to be awesome when... You know, companies like Facebook, you know, I, I, I arrive in Turkey, right? Mm. And my phone gets a push notification. Hi, Richard. See you in Dude, Turkey. It's already done. Like, so the most sick that thing was, that I saw when I landed in Turkey is I was like, oh, let me fire up Google Now for some crazy fucking reason, right? Yep. Oh. And I fired up Google Now, and you know what? It's freaking insane. I'm going to see if I can fire it up right now. But what it did for me is it was like, oh, here's the exchange rate. Yep, same thing It was, here oh, here's the time back at home. Well, I need to know that because I have people that are working back at home. It was like, oh, here are pictures that are taken in Turkey from people that you know. I was like, holy crap. This is the most useful thing I have in travel right now because I don't know the exchange rate. I don't know where to go. And then after a while, it was like, well, you landed at the airport. So, you know, this is how long it's taking to get to the airport. And every day it was like, hey, this is how long it is and how much traffic it is. And I was like... That's freaking cool. And right in Google now, I could just put in some numbers and it would then convert that into the local currency so I knew. So I, I was, it was shocked uh, I had how the well same done experience that was. I, I've been thinking, what is the euro to dollar exchange rate at the moment? And I, I've been meaning to look it up. And then I went into Google now to get something else that had come up. And there it was. Super along helpful, with right? how to say hello in yeah. Ger German. Yeah. Right? And I was... Eh, and then the other, this was really good because I on Sunday went to see my sister and brother-in-law and they live up near Mark Schwaben, right? So I had typed in their address to figure out how I was going to get there on the S-bomb. And then the next day, Google Now was telling me what the commute time was going to be because I had thought about driving and it, and it had, because I was logged in, so it knew what my death, and right now it's still telling me how long it would take me to get there. Yeah, that last part annoys me though. Because it's like, yeah. I, I was here in uh, uh, for SEO Oktoberfest. I stayed in uh, last September, uh, and I'm still, even now, I'm in Munich. And this morning, I had to swipe away again the hotel reference and the address and uh, yeah. the direction. The flight so and the hotel stuff is off. Know, yeah. It's, I've gotten marketing emails that it showed up and been like, you have to be at this hotel. And I was like, I do? And it's like, oh, it's just a marketing yeah. email from that hotel. <laughs> and you know? the other thing is, I get on Saturday, I get, this is how long it takes you to go to work. I'm like, it's bloody Saturday. You should know this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, it's like, yeah. So... so but that's the cool stuff, right? I think that's one of the cool parts about what we do as SEOs is whether we call it SEO, whatever we do, right? right? It's that the shit changes so often that we can never get bored of the job. Like my old man like did the same job for 20 years and it was like, you do this and move the, the wrench here and put the aircraft engine in here and he did that for 20 years. I travel to Turkey and fire this thing up and go, holy shit, I know how to say hello. Can't pronounce it. But like that's <laughs> the cool thing, right? So, you know, kudos to just being in an industry that changes enough to keep us not getting bored of it. Because I thought that was one of the coolest things I had seen in a long time. Yeah, excellent. We actually got just got a couple of minutes left, I guess, right? What, what does Brasco say? It's fine. Perfect. Great. Um, 
Well, I actually want to do, uh, um, since, it, since we're still doing the show, I actually want to still do a quick promo for all the guys uh, that haven't been at SMX. We actually launched a tool today called author-rank.org. You can actually uh, find all the authors, like uh, Danny Sullivan, for example. So you can see uh, what Danny Sullivan ranks for in the, in the SERPs. Um, I think that's a, because, you know, we took the authorship uh, a little bit to the extreme, you know, with, uh, with that stuff happening. So we're really looking into SERPs, uh, what you're ranking for. Um, so let's see what you're ranking for. There's a tool in English. Where was the data coming from on this, by the way? Because I was looking at it. So, like, how are they determining what I'm, they're just running how we a whole this? bunch of queries all the time. And then, how, how we like, doing for this? example, I'm position six for being shopping and they've got my domain and that's associated with my author. Yeah. So I assume that they've, they're constantly checking ranks. Yeah, and then they've also conceived that I'm an author. This is all the against. all the keywords you're ranking for with your picture here. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, what we're doing. We basically really just show you where the author is ranking with this little picture, and also how much the search volume and the CPC value and all this stuff. And um, I, I showed it in the session before. You can also type in a domain like golem.e. That's like an IT resource, and you can see all the authors. Uh, working for uh, working for Golem.de, writing for them, and actually their their score as well. So you know, if you want to do outreach, I know how where to reach to, right? Uh, you could actually uh, it works with topics as well that you can type in a topic, and it will give you the the. Um, that's right. Let's see who writes on sex. Masters of Sex. Okay. Isn't that Doctor Who's this dude? No, please. I actually logged in. It looks like Doctor Who a little bit. I'm actually one of the incarnations. For a moment, like Matt Smith, Doctor Who. There's so many of them, you can always match somebody, right? Here you go, Martin Mitzvah. Probably a couple of guys know in Germany. He's ranking for a lot of good stuff. Geldverdien, Platz 5. Nice. Gleitsichtbrille. That's something else to learn in German. Gleitsichtbrille. What does it mean in English? Yeah. Lichtgeschwindigkeit, I don't surfen. Kino Okay, I don't know why he ranks for sex actually. Well, we, we just launched it today, you know, so <laughs> we wanted to launch it for the for the session. Um, but uh, if you want to check it out, author-rank.org. Um, well, it's uh, it's been a fantastic panel, seriously. I, I just love that, you know. It's just uh, talking to SAO uh, savvy guys. Uh, I could do this for a lot more hours, but I think you guys won't, and you rather <laughs> want to go to the party, uh, which takes place at uh, Reitschule. At uh, when did we start at Reitschule? Does anybody know? I think it. We have Google now. To Google now will tell us. Is it Google helpful? will tell you. So uh, thank you very much for being on the show today. Um, I hope you had a good time. And we see each other tonight at the party, and I hope we drink a beer together. Thank you very much. Rock and roll. Thank you. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. 
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.